Good morning. Welcome to River Community Church. My name is Sam. I'm one of the pastors here. It's so good to be here with you this morning. I want to start really quickly by saying you guys are awesome. Uh, we've had a number of different times that we've shared the high school um, over the course of the last month or so, uh, and you guys have not, I've heard like no complaints, all kinds of uh, joy and excitement at seeing people kind of like pass through and see what's going on here. Like, what's, what's going on in that place? That's been really cool to see you guys excited about that. But I did do know that like maybe you have to park further away or do any of those kinds of things. And it's maybe a little bit more challenging on a Sunday morning to get here. Thank you for pushing through. I want you to know that between now and September, there's one more time we'll share it on a Sunday morning uh, during our services. So you can know that ahead of time. Uh, there'll be one more time uh, between now and September. That, that's pretty awesome. Uh, thank you for enduring it. But in addition to that, if you're a parent of uh, K through fivers, uh, what we want you to know is that we're working on a way to also have K through five when they're also using like the gymnasium or something. So look forward to that in the future. Uh, we're trying to keep on working with that. And thanks for being so understanding and so excited about being here in this place and worshiping together. Uh, we're in the series right now. We're calling March Madness. If you're new here, you jumped in at a really fun morning to be here. Uh, we've talked about a few different things that kind of drive us crazy over the last few weeks. We've talked about life and stress and busyness. And this morning, um, you can see it up there. I'm so excited. Uh, we're talking about parenting. Uh, I'm really, this has been one of those ones where you prepare for it and it's a little intimidating. It's a little intense because, first and foremost, you have to treat this, this reality of parenting with some respect. Because parenting is a privilege. It's an amazing privilege. It's something that we get to do. Children, they're, they're gifts. And all throughout the Bible, we see this attitude. We see it in Psalms 127, 3-4. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man is like arrows in a warrior's hand. Few things in this world are as amazing as bringing a baby into this world. More amazing still is becoming a child's parent. It's the sacred honor and the sacred gift. That said, this topic of parenting just so happens to be located within a series called March Madness where we talk about things that drive you crazy for a reason. It's a sacred honor and a gift, but, but it does drive you a little crazy sometimes. Why is it there? Because as much as parenting is this sacred honor and privilege, it's also hard. Really, really hard at times, like turn your hair gray, keep you up at night, clean up multiple varieties of bodily fluids, worried sick kind of hard. It's so hard, people make fun of it and laugh at it in uh, movies. Check it out. Take a look. It's about right. <laughs> My favorite two parts of that are one, like the one tiny clip of the teenager who's just sitting there like, yeah, this is normal. <laughs> and then, uh, I, I don't know, I, th I just think it's hilarious that uh, they're putting out uh, fire with uh, mustard or, excuse me, ketchup. I don't know, I think that's just such a fun picture of what it can sometimes feel like. Kids are screaming, things are being spilled, glasses on the floor, you're worried about everything all at once, you're hurting yourself while you're helping your kids. It's hard. It's hard. And, and to make matters worse for parenting, not only is the act of parenting hard, we've taken it upon ourselves, I think, to uh, make it harder. 
from the spotlight social media puts on it to the competing theories on how you're supposed to do it the right way, the, the no sugar or let kids just be kids or don't let them fall behind or, or play classical music while they're in the womb or no TV allowed except video games. They can really help develop computer skills, but they'll also rot their brains. Let your children be creative. Don't shame them, but they better not misbehave at the dinner table, right? All of those things are being carried. From the constant desire many of us have to see our kids succeed to the trillion opportunities out there for them, otherwise known as youth sports, youth theater, youth music, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, traveling teams, honor choir, you name it. Together, as we have these awesome kids, we have overanalyzed, overcoached, overpressured, overestimated our kids. And believe me, I get it. I'm a father of two boys. This is the nice picture. Um, they're amazing. They are full of life. They're creative. They wear Batman capes. They, they're smart. They're the sweetest kids. And then they're also exhausting and wild and mischievous. They talk back more than I'd like them to. They do silly things. And as Meg and I have worked and struggled and found joy in parenting these two boys, we've, we've struggled with all the stuff that I've just mentioned. And, and I know if you have older kids, you're probably sitting there thinking, you know, you just wait till they get older. And let me just say, I expect that you're right. It only gets harder just in different ways. I say that all for two reasons. The first one is I want you to know I'm not naive to this parenting thing. I know it's difficult. I know it's amazing. I know it's a privilege. I know it's terribly difficult to do well, and it can drive you mad. But also... I want you to know that I do not have it all figured out. We are still doing our absolute best to parent our kids well, and it's a struggle some days. Which leads me to this. If we're going to talk about parenting this morning, how not to go mad from doing that, all I can really offer is what I believe to be a biblical view of parenting. My opinions, my perspective is no more worthy of your consideration than anyone else's. You can find a zillion different opinions on parenting just by a computer click. What I have to say that is valuable, though, is valuable only as it agrees with God's character and what we find in the Bible. So that's how we're going to start. It's in Romans 7, 21 through 23. Let's look at what God says about these humans. This is Paul talking. He says, I've discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Paul is the author of the book of Romans, and and he's talking about this nature that we all have. This battle that, that, that rages within us, knowing what's right, but struggling so hard sometimes to do it. All of us know that it's there. We can feel it. We experience it daily, which which gives us, as parents, this overarching principle that we can know about our kids. Just like Paul and every human alive, we all have free choice and a penchant for doing or choosing selfish or sinful things. Now, if Paul struggled with it, then of course all of us are going to struggle with it. And just think, if we struggle with it, how much do our kids struggle with it? Which you may think is a bad thing. I mean, it's reality. It is what it is. It's not necessarily a bad thing in the sense that it's helpful to know. And it's kind of like having a superpower. 
In a way, it's like a, a superpower of, of knowing the future before it happens. You, will your son pull your daughter's hair? Yes. Will your daughter hit her brother after he pulls her hair? Yes. She may also scream and come tattling. Will your sweet little son sneak a whole bunch of candy in a fistful when they're left alone to do so? Or when you're not looking? Yes, that'll happen. Are we going to hear screams outside from our two boys as they're playing in the backyard because they found some reason to fight in whatever world they live in? Somehow they have to be fighting over something? Yes, that's going to happen. You can probably put a timer on it. Uh, and is he going to do something that he shouldn't when he's left alone for like 15 minutes? Yes, it's going to happen. We have a few parenting superpowers to talk about this morning. And the very first one is knowing your kid's nature. It's a superpower to know our kids' nature. Our kids, they're human. That means their nature is to struggle to do what is right. We are selfish, sinful creatures. It's who we are. It's also who our kids are. Just like any superpower, it can be used for good to know this. Or the superpower, though, can be used in less than helpful ways. There's actually a number of temptations that we might struggle with as we parent this way. The first temptation is this. It's to, to over-parent. It's tempting to, to over-control, to make choices for our kids and, and control all of their circumstances. We can plan out their life so they don't have to meet any obstacles at all. No need to get frustrated because there's no obstacles in front of them. Now, obviously, if your child is going to seriously harm themselves or others, you should intervene. But if their life is not on the line, don't succumb to the temptation to keep them from making mistakes and failing or enduring consequences. Don't misuse your parenting superpower in that way. And I get it. It can be hard. Like three times a week, and I've definitely not followed through on this a couple of times, uh, one of our sons has a, a really good knack for not finishing his dinner. And uh, what we'll say then is, hey, buddy, you have a lot left in your plate. You need to eat more. Otherwise, later in this evening, when you ask for snacks, you're not going to get any. And you can put money on it that, like, he'll say, no, I'm done. I don't want any snacks later. And three minutes later, he says, I want snacks. I'm starving. Have you ever experienced that with kids? Yes? Okay, I'm glad I'm not alone. And so that'll happen, and it'll happen for the next three hours before bedtime. And I'll let you know, I've definitely just said, here's a, here's a cheese stick, dude, eat it. Right? Because you just hear it for so long. It's so hard, but, but they have to learn. If you say something, you've got to have them experience the consequence. Otherwise, they'll, they'll call your bluff. Natural or appropriate consequences for our actions are some of the simplest and best ways to learn and grow as humans. When we over-control those things or neglect to enforce them, we are robbing our kids of the natural ways God grows us. That's temptation one, to over-parent, to over-pave the way and make life easy. Temptation number two is the opposite. It's to come down really hard on mistakes. At the opposite end of the spectrum is the mindset that if we really punish our kids when they mess up, if we really stick it to them, they'll learn not to mess up anymore. Really harsh consequences. This is also a misuse of our first parent's superpower. In fact, what they end up learning more than anything is just to, one, hide it better or live in constant fear of doing anything wrong, neither of which are good. 
So if that's the case, how do you use this first parenting superpower well? How do you, knowing their nature, parent your kids? I think it starts with this. You, you give your kids the freedom to make mistakes, and you give it to them early. I have a, one piece of advice that um, I will give parents of, of younger kids, of like two years old and, and older. And my wife, would, if she was here this, right now in this service, she'd be rolling her eyes because it's literally the one thing I'll say to any parent. And she laughs about it. But this is what it is. The, the parenting advice I give is when you take your kid to the playground, don't help them. Don't, like, help them get upstairs. Don't help them do anything. My rule with my kids at the playground is you can do anything you want, but I can't help you do it. And you have to get down by yourself. Those two things, it's great because what happens is if you help them, they really quickly begin to rely on you. You hold them. They'll lean into you as they're going upstairs. They'll be, like, going upstairs like this. But when you don't, they learn how to do it really well. So now, years later, I let my kids do anything and I'm not worried. Because they have become really, really good at being slightly cautious. They look before they leap, literally. And it happens all the time. And so to to use this superpower of knowing their nature well as parents, we need to give our kids the freedom to make mistakes and explore the natural consequences of them in a safe yet firm and forgiving place. Essentially what we're talking about is parenting like Jesus leads us. How do I mean this? Let me explain what I mean. Like Paul was saying in Romans 7, he says, I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Paul's a human. He makes mistakes. So are we. So are our kids. So what do we do when mistakes or outright selfish or sinful actions happen when the kids really do the thing they're not supposed to do? Should we encourage our kids? Like, you know, just gloss over it. It's fine. Everything's okay now. All the screaming's done. We're all fine. Let's just not worry about it anymore. It'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Well, forgive. Be like God. Forgive, right? Paul asks the same question. Romans 6, 1 through 2, he says, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? If we parent like Jesus leads, there is forgiveness. There is grace from God. It's amazing. It's so good. But there are still consequences for actions. There is right and wrong. There are real-world consequences for the lives we choose to live. Living in this sin he talks about, it's, it's not good for us. It's not fun. God gives us grace and forgiveness when we ask for it, but God loves us too much to allow us to keep going back to that stuff. So what's next? If we look to the Bible, it starts with this word. It's it's a word that sometimes gets a bad rap, but it's discipline. Discipline, done well, is good. In Proverbs, and it's actually quoted a little bit later in the book of Hebrews, it says, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline, and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. God disciplines those he loves. Discipline is not just stinky consequences. Discipline is turning in a new and better direction. It's the way we guide our kids forward to a better future. It's how God cares for us. So it's how we can care for our kids. And this is a good place to start. We we know our kids are going to mess up. We give them freedom to do so. 
We forgive them, but then we allow there to be consequences and discipline. But this isn't the end. There's more to the story. This is how we begin to learn and grow, but the goal of parenting isn't for us to spend our entire lives parenting our kids. It's to lead by something more than discipline, more than our discipline. We can't parent and discipline them forever, so the goal has to be for this discipline and this grace to lead to something more, and that's this. It's to lead them to be led by Jesus themselves. Which is exactly what Paul teaches. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Knowing our, our kids' nature and our kids' Knowing our nature and our kids' nature should allow us to show our kids love through grace, forgiveness, and discipline. It's all loving. But ultimately, our goal is to point them to something more. A nature that comes from Jesus. It's the only way for any of our natures to actually change. The best way I know to lead them toward that, though, isn't to like just start saying, you got to follow Jesus, you got to do this, you got to do that, let's, let's teach them. No, it's nothing like that. It doesn't have anything to do with that. The best way to teach your kids to be led by Jesus is to be led by Jesus yourself. To follow him yourself. And whether you're a parent or an uncle or an aunt or a brother, sister, grandma, grandpa, friend, teacher, coach, whatever, all of us can lead the kids in our lives that way. We lead them by following Jesus ourselves. Values like following Jesus and being changed by him, they are caught far more than they are taught. They're caught far more than they're taught. Now, how does this parenting superpower and using it this way make life less stressful? How does it keep you from going crazy? Here's how. First, it can take the worry away. Of course our kids are going to make mistakes. They're human, like us. Here's the best part about that. Expecting it can make it less maddening. You know what's going to happen, so you should expect it. If you don't expect it, it kind of stinks. But when you expect it and you know it's going to happen, you can even catch them in, in a good way and lead them the right way, it's less maddening. The second part is this, it, it provides a strategy. And sometimes when you're a parent, you just, need a, you just need a strategy. You just need some way of knowing we're going to do this. We have a plan. So when something happens, you have an idea of how to work with it. So within this framework, you can begin to make for yourself a strategy, a plan. The third thing is this, is it takes the pressure off. Because this is God's way of doing it. So ultimately, we're trusting God with our kids. And that's a good place to come from. Now, that's the, the first and most important parenting superpower that you have. But there are two more parenting superpowers today. And, and they don't take nearly as long to explain, but they are just as powerful in helping you stay sane when you're a parent. Parenting superpower number two is this. The ability to say no. It's a really nice one. Two letters, you just say it. It's no. 
I read a, a statistic this past week. It says parents today spend more money on taking care of and developing their kids than any generation in history. And you can look at that a couple different ways. For starters, great. That's awesome. We are taking care of our kids and loving them well. We're, we're spending money on them. That typically means we value them. That's awesome. The other way to look at it, at what expense? What's the cost of putting so much focus and attention on our kids? I think it might be bigger than we realize. In Ephesians, Paul gives instructions to families. He's kind of saying, hey, here's how you do your your family thing. He starts with this verse, Ephesians 5.21. It says, and further submit to one another out of reference for Christ. Reverence for Christ. And he's talking about husbands and wives, and he goes on to talk about wives submitting to husbands, and husbands loving your wives like the church, like Christ loves the church. And he continues to talk about marriage for a bit, giving us this picture of the love and respect and honor that can build the foundation of a marriage and a family. That's how he starts. He starts with that. Then after a bunch about marriage, he finally says this about parenting kids. He says, children... Obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. And you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. There's so much in those verses. But for our purposes today, we're going to focus on two things. First... It is the husband and wife that's at the center of this discussion. Apart from honoring God, the relationship between husband and wife being solid is the most important thing. Paul leads with it. That's where he starts. Which means your spouse, they should be higher priority on the list than your kids and their activities. The second thing we see here is this. It says, children, obey and honor your parents. This is hard to say because I think it's hard to hear. Uh, But I think we've become pretty good at getting this backwards. Instead of requiring this respect from our kids, that's appropriate and healthy and good, we bow down to and maybe even worship their whims and wants and activities. Your superpower as a parent And I know this is harsh, and I'm in it right now. I get it. I get how easy it is to get swept up in all the things that are possible. But the the superpower as a parent that's crucial to have is to say no when it's right. You've waited years to be in charge of your own household, to, to run it how you believe you should run it. Don't just give it away. Just say no. No, you cannot have more candy. No. No, you cannot do two sports and an instrument at the same time while you're also doing four other things. No. No, you cannot be on every single traveling team known to man. No, you cannot get that when you've been getting in trouble at school. You're getting in trouble. You don't get the privileges that come without it. Good behavior means privileges, not no privileges. No, I will not do your homework for you. I will not fill out your college application or job application or whatever else. So you might laugh at that, but it's true. It happens. If we're not careful, our yeses can give our kids a distorted view of reality. That's hard. 
I know I'm being really harsh. No is a superpower because not only are you creating a household filled with self-respect, personal responsibility, and discipline, you're also keeping yourself sane because you can't do everything. And trust me, parents and marriages, they're what suffer, first of all. They're, they're what suffer now. The kids, you know what, it's all right for them now. They'll suffer later when they can't do laundry when they leave the house. That's fine. But now you're suffering. To protect your no superpower, take the time to figure out what your yeses are. Your marriage has to be a yes. Faith in Jesus, having Jesus as the leader of your life and your marriage is a yes if that's how you're going to choose to parent. Smart budgeting and finances, that's a pretty solid yes. Those are the essential few. There can be some others too that, that you decide for yourselves can be up on that list. Fun as a family can be a yes. Meals as a family can be a yes. If you prioritize that, if that's something you want, then you can make that a priority. Movie nights as a family, having fun together can be a yes. And yes, when it's appropriate and healthy and fun for your family, sports and scouts and music and all of those hundreds of extras or some of those hundreds of extras can be healthy yeses. But only when they're not stealing from the more important ones because they do if you're not careful. That's the no superpower. And it's hard. It's hard to tell a sweet little kid, no, you cannot have whatever. But it's so helpful. And, and maybe you don't say it's like a two-year-old, right? Because like, anything two and younger, they just say no right back to you. So you don't have to like overdo the no as in two and younger. But above two, you can start saying it. Above two, whenever that age is that you start to, to realize that they can, they can hear it, it's an important one to say. Now the final superpower. I think the most important one. Parenting superpower number three is this. You have an advocate. What I mean by this is you are not alone in parenting. You have an advocate. You have several. You have friends and family and this church family. But even more than that, you have God himself. In John 14, Jesus says this, But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. One of the, the best bits of, of parenting advice I, I think Meg and I have ever received came from Don and Teresa Hacker. Uh, Teresa was our, you know, used to be our children's director here at RCC, and she's, she's amazing. But the, the advice they gave was so simple and, and so small in comparison to everything that else that was being talked about. It kind of breezed over a little bit, but, but it hit me really hard. And it's something that I feel like can really help with the stress of parenting. And they said this. They said, ask God to cover your mistakes. Ask God to cover your mistakes. There's not a day that goes by that I'm not sure I've messed something up with my kids. Said something I shouldn't have, raised my voice too much, not given them the attention I should have, all of the above. It happens every day. It is so good in those moments to remember we have an advocate. He can lead us in our parenting. He can also help cover our mistakes. God can work in our kids' lives. We can ask God for exactly that. God loves our kids more than we do. He gave them to us as a gift. Which brings us to the final thing for this morning. 
What if you're here this morning and you feel like you've missed the boat? What if you feel like you've just messed up with parenting or things aren't going well, there's a bad relationship? What do you do? The best part about this parenting superpower is this. It is never too late to start. You can pray for God to love your kids and cover your mistakes. And as you do, you might realize some things. Maybe, maybe they're frustrated with you about something and, and you feel like, hey, maybe I should apologize. So you can apologize when you realize that you've done something you shouldn't have. You can forgive them before they've even asked. And you can remember that God loves them more than we do. It's hard to believe, but he does. And God does amazing things. Who knows what God might do in their hearts? So that's actually how we're going to end this morning. We're going to end by, by saying a prayer that, that, one, God would help us use those superpowers of knowing our kids' nature, of the, having the ability to say no, and then also remembering that in the midst of all of this, we have an advocate. But then, in the end, we pray that God would lead us. He'd cover our mistakes, and that he'd work in our kids' lives. If you want that for yourself, would you, would you bow your heads in and pray with me? Dear God, Thank you so much that you love us uh, in just incredible ways. Even though we are people who make mistakes all the time, people who have this power working in us that, that makes us do the things we know we shouldn't. God, we ask that you'd help us to use these powers as, as parents and as friends of parents, uh, that we would, we would know our kids' nature and parent them all because of it that we would be able to say no when it matters so that we can say yes to the things that matter even more. And then lastly, God, that, that we would be able to, to trust you as our advocate. And, and as our advocate, God, we ask that you would work in our kids' lives. Help us to parent them well, cover our mistakes, and we ask that our kids would know you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.